and welcome to our latest Tap Talks HR podcast. This time we are talking to Alex Pegg about mindfulness and its impact on people and business results. Hello, Alex. Hi, Anthony. Thanks for coming along today. I appreciate it. So let's get stuck in mindfulness. It's something that um, a lot of people know probably a little bit about and they know the, the name of it. But why is this an interesting topic right now and why are you here today to talk about it? Um, yes, you're right, Anthony. Um, a lot of people have heard the word mindfulness um, and have a, an, in, a con- an idea of the concept of what mindfulness is. Um, but I think um, the reason for talking about it today is actually to um, unveil some of the um, misconceptions about mindfulness and to actually look at what the, the true benefit of mindfulness is to, uh, to both managers, leaders within the organisation and employees as well. Um, the concept of mindfulness um, has been around for literally centuries. It's, it came from uh, Buddhism and Zen practice many, many, many years ago. Um, but it was brought into the more mainstream world um, in about the 1970s. And um, it's been mostly used within the world of healthcare um, to combat stress, um, anxiety and depression. Um, both as mindfulness-based stress reduction, which is the MBSR, which some people might have heard of, um, and mindfulness-based cognitive therapy, which helps with depression. But more so in in recent years, it's actually come into the world of business and the world of work um, because the uh, benefits of mindfulness are now being seen as more as not just within the world of, of people with um, uh, significant um, issues, but also within just within the world of work. Um, it's one of those areas where, again, an understanding of what's going on within the world of neuroscience helps to understand the benefits of mindfulness as well. So mindfulness itself actually is about paying attention. It's literally about looking at yourself, um, the world around you in the present moment um, with intention, so doing it on purpose, um, without any judgment um, and with compassion. So the way it can actually benefit the business world um, is a lot of what we do within the business world is future focused. It's looking at what we want to do in the future, the goals we want to achieve, the the way we want the business to to move, or looking at the past. So analysing what's happened, um, what we can learn from what's happened um, and how we can use what we've learned from what's happened to predict what's going to happen in the future. So our, our world in within work tends to sit within the present, sorry, within the future and within the past. The concept of mindfulness actually brings you back to the present because in order to be able to deal with all that information and be able to um, make decisions um, efficiently and effectively, to problem solve, to get creative and really think about new ways of doing things, you have to actually be in the present. Um, So what mindfulness does is it brings an individual back to thinking about the present, how they are feeling within the environment they're within. Um, It helps to control their emotions um, and it helps to therefore also attune themselves to their emotions. So it really has benefits to emotional intelligence um, as well. So mindfulness um, as a concept has been around for quite a long time, but its application in the business world is something that is growing, and the understanding of the application in the business world is, is, is growing. And do you think it might be growing now because the relentless pressure that is put on employees, managers, leaders within an organisation from so many different 
different areas from social media, from news feeds, from email, from the telephone going, and it's always on. Do you think that mindfulness is coming of age in business because you need to kind of center yourself in the presence to be able to make decisions like this? Absolutely, absolutely. So um, one of the biggest problems um, the world of business has is stress. Um, the rate of stress and the amount of stress within within an organisation is getting higher and higher year on year. Um, absence through stress um, is increasing year on year. As as the world changes and as pressures grow and as we are you know asked to cut um, cut costs whilst increasing productivity, pressure grows um, almost daily. Um, so people are looking for ways to actually relieve that stress. You know, it 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 has come to a tipping point now where people are. It is it is having a profound impact on people and their ability not just to do their job, but to actually just you know live their life. Um, and mindfulness actually has a, as I've mentioned before, a real evidence base behind it that shows that it has a significant benefit and a significant impact on stress reduction. So if you think about that in the world of work, can you imagine the power that something like mindfulness can have? on the organisation and on the um, productivity of the organisation if managers are um, more aware of mindfulness and more um, practised in its use. So one of the interesting things about mindfulness is it's not something, I mean, I think, especially this day and age, people see mindfulness apps or they see mindfulness, you know, talked about within um, within training programmes um, and they think it's something they can just do, you know, off the cuff. But mindfulness takes practice. It's one of those things. The more you do it, the more you practice it, the easier it becomes, um, and the more your body becomes attuned to the present moment quick, more quickly, um, and you be- reap the benefits from it much more quickly as well. So it's something that needs time invested in it. Um, it needs the the will of the individual to want to do it and want to see the improvements over time. It's not something that will be a quick fix overnight. And that's interesting, isn't it? Because the rise of the mindfulness app or whatever other form of software, is it, it's almost like you're giving the responsibility of the mindfulness to the app and rather than taking control of it yourself. And the whole point of it is actually to get yourself in the right place. It's, it's interesting. I was on the train on the way home uh, the other day and um, I just decided to close my laptop, put down my mobile phone and stare out the window for as long as I could. It's amazing how hard that is in this day and age because there's almost like an addictive quality for distraction from from smartphones etc. So that's really interesting. So I'm really interested to know your view on what do you think the role of HR is in this area of mindfulness? What do you think HR should be doing, promoting in this area? I think HR can actually take a big leap out of the books of um, the healthcare sector. So um, mindfulness is actually part of is a um, a recommended therapy for people within the, the you know world of reducing stress and depression in a clinical context. But interestingly, it's actually moved now into other areas as well. So, for instance, the U.S. Marine Corps use it as part of their um, their training program for Marines. Um, they're actually taught the practice of mindfulness and they actually do the full um, eight-week mindfulness program and it helps them to be able to centre themselves and deal with the, the sheer amount of stress and, and emotional pressure that they're under with their job. But also um, there's a lot of schools nowadays who are introducing mindfulness um, and teaching children from a very, very young age how to control their emotions and how to use breathing and exercises and mindfulness techniques to control them, themselves and their emotions. 
So HR can take, you know, learnings from these areas and bring that sort of thing into the, the, the workplace. You know, if it's good enough for the Marines, you know, if, if children can learn it and really reap the benefits from it, then yes, of course, leaders and managers can too and employees within an organisation. So I would highly recommend that um, that HR uh, leaders look into this and actually run mindfulness programmes within their organisation and not tag it onto other leadership development sessions or into um, onto other things, but actually have a standalone mindfulness programme. Um, inviting people to join it at first, but it's one of those things, it's a bit of a movement. Once people start to see the benefits from it, then other people are interested in it and want to know more themselves. So I wouldn't recommend saying you have to go through this, um, but introducing it into an organisation as a um, as an optional leadership, or, or not even just leadership, within the employee, uh, the employee population as well. So introducing the, the concept and the practices. So how much, if, so if I was a HR leader and I was in an organisation, how much um, of this uh, time with our employees when we're developing them, how much is it actually do you think is going to be training to give the concept across? How much is it development and coaching and supporting people to develop these skills? And that's the interesting thing with, with, with mindfulness. As I said, it's about practice. So actually the concepts of, of learning how to breathe and how to do the, the mindfulness practices, it's not hard to learn them. It's about putting people within a position where they can practice those things. So um, the time that it takes, I would say, the actual mindfulness-based um, mindfulness programs are a standard eight-week program in a clinical context. Um, but within a business context, this is adaptable. You know, we can adapt it. But it's about practice. So it's about maybe saying to people, you know, coming into the office and the first 10 minutes of every Monday or the first 10 minutes of every Friday or whatever, you have a mindfulness session in the, I don't know, in the restaurant or something like that and have a group mindfulness session. And it's just um, reiterating the practices and the methods. And then people can then do it themselves throughout the day and just as as they see fit. Some people might find that having the apps um, helps them to do it. Um, other people, it might be purely to do it by themselves. Um, I had a conversation even yesterday with one of my um, with one of my uh, peers who's saying she can't do mindfulness by herself, but she can do it in a group setting, so with other people around her. So everybody has a different way of doing it, but it's about providing them with the techniques and the skills to be able to do that, and then give them the ability to practice. And so that's really cool. It, and so thinking about the future, and I know you've said a couple of things what businesses can do there, but with a relentless pace of um, business getting faster and faster each year, and there's always the quote saying business will never be as slow as this again, obviously the, the case for mindfulness is going to increase. What do you think businesses can do to actually create the environments where mindfulness is, becomes more mainstream? Yes, and that is a big uh, a big challenge I would say because the faster you go the faster you need to go and the less likely you are to allow yourself the time to stop and think and reflect um, but again I think it's about just starting starting the movement starting off with some mindfulness within the organization and it's not something that you know overnight everybody's going to be saying this is the most amazing thing that's ever happened to me but just get it going just just do it you know it's one of those things until you start something like this you'll never actually see the benefit um, but the more you give employees the op opportunity to say it's okay to take five minutes and go off and center yourself it's okay not to be replying to emails every five seconds or, or, or um, responding to people all the time. It is okay to take the time away to centre yourself. 
and again going back to the evidence you know as i you know i'm i'm always a proponent for hr using evidence to um to really show the return on investment for why we want to do what we want to do and there's a lot of evidence out there that really does show not just the um productivity changes and the ability for people to be more creative to problem solve to make better decisions but um the brain actually physically changes when people focus on attention and they practice um, these techniques that are focusing on attention. And it's the areas of the brain that enable them to, it's the working memory part of the brain basically, so it enables them to, to make decisions and problem solve. So again, it's going back to what is the science telling us, what's the evidence out there for doing what we're suggesting is, you know, is a benefit to the organisation. And um, the world of work is obviously changing and um, I see co-working spaces developing in London quite a bit and the number of remote, remote workers going through the roof as we've become a very dispersed workforce. Is there any advice, hints, tips you can think of to a remote employee who hasn't got the workspace, can't go to the staff restaurant in the morning with the 40 other people and practice as a group? What, what tips and advice would you get them to to do to stick with mindfulness and get going with mindfulness yeah this is where things like the apps actually can come in handy so again it is going back to that the will of the individual to try something new and stick with it for a while to to see the benefits um and yes in this day and age that that is a a, that is a tough request for a lot of people but looking again at, at what the literature is telling us is the benefits of these of these things if somebody has the will to try it and to give themselves the space every day so you know For instance, I'm quite a structured person, so if I set in my diary I'm going to do some mindfulness practice at 10 o'clock on a certain day, then I will do it. I'll put it in my diary and I'll make time to do it, and then you can practice it in the moment as as stressful situations arise. Other people might find a different way that that works for them, but it's about having that will to try something new, stick with it, do the practices, um, try different techniques. There's quite um, quite a few different techniques out there actually. And just find the one that works for you and then just keep practicing and then make a note of how things are changing, how you're feeling different. Again, that's all about mindfulness. How do you feel different to the way you did before? What are you feeling now? How are you feeling um, in the moment at the point at which you're doing the mindfulness? So I can see where the the apps kind of can come in there there was me thinking at the start of our discussion that really it's just like you're just asking the app to do it but actually i i know for example i have my own fitbit and the fitbit app and the gamification part of it is is really key to get me i'm really miffed if i finish the day at 9800 steps i will walk up and around the house and everything to get to 10000 steps um I can see how gamification and logging how you're feeling is actually quite a powerful thing, but it still comes down to personal responsibility to mm-hmm. to do this. So, but then you think about anything to do with learning and development. You know, anything that develops an individual, there is that personal responsibility that the individual takes for their own development. So, understanding the benefits, giving themselves the time, the space um, to do whatever they need to do to either practice or learn that new skill or that new behaviour and then doing it so you know it's it fits within the world of learning and development as as all development aspects do which i think is is probably a really good place to get to in this conversation because actually um mindfulness is another thing you 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 gain the knowledge and skills of and then you practice just like everything else in the world of work absolutely so just 
finishing off really I suppose if I'm listening to this I'm a HR professional and I'm thinking okay Alex that's great I'm really interested in this it's something I've been meaning to get going in my organization or for me per personally is there one place that they they could go to or one book or one something where they could find out more how did you kind of get going in this space there are actually two really great books, um, both by a, 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 um, an author called, whose surname is Chuskelson, um, and he's written two books about mindfulness in the workplace, um, and that's exactly what it's about. It brings in the concepts of coaching um, and mindfulness within coaching as well, but talks very squarely about mindfulness in, within the workplace. Um, and one of the books actually sets out an eight-week programme that you can actually run within your organisation, so you don't have to be a highly trained mindfulness practitioner yourself. Um, which is it is advisable to understand it and use it yourself if you're going to be using it with others um, whether it's within the world of HR or coaching etc um, but it, it actually does set out a way in which you can introduce mindfulness within the organization um, and and run a program of, a, of the eight weeks his his version of the eight week mindfulness based um, program that's great and so there you go there's two books out there that you can be getting going and which will actually give you a program to start in business so Alex Unfortunately, I'm very mindful that we've actually <laughs> run out of time yet again. So um, thank you ever so much for your, your time. Whenever we have a conversation, I'm always sitting here learning stuff and writing loads of stuff down. So thank you very much. Thank you, Anthony. And thank you, everyone, for listening to us today. If you have any feedback on this or any of our other podcasts, then please do let us know. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to us on um, whichever platform you get your podcast from. Um, and it would be great to hear your views of how you think these podcasts podcasts are going maybe what you would like to hear about in the future do get in contact well that's it for now thank you and goodbye